Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Yep, it's me. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. I keep saying I want to come up with a better way to to do an intro to say that, but I have yet to discover that. And it's been a while since I have done a solo show. I don't know about you guys, but 2019 took me a minute to think about what year I'm in. 2019 has definitely uh, been a whirlwind already in a good way. Uh, Things are really good and and I'm appreciative of that. So we're going to talk today about the power of the company you keep. This is episode 34 and this is something that's been on my mind a lot the last few weeks. I don't know, probably last month. I started writing this post. This is one of those solo shows that I started, you know, had to get to other work, blah, 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 because I do write these all out. But have no fear. It's We're going to stay on task and focused. I've got some stories to share with you. Um, but this has really been an overarching theme over the last couple of years as some relationships have ended new ones have been formed, and then some old relationships kindled. And just bear with me, guys. Excuse me. It is allergy season in full effect in Northern California. Like you go outside and there's literally a layer of yellow pollen all over the car. Anyways, so I apologize for the coughs and stuff. Otherwise, we're never going to get through this and it's never going to come out. So I have two waters and a juice, so (laughs) let's get through this. I do have a feeling this episode might go a little old school, um, as well as getting a little deep, so buckle up and let's jump in. So let's start with a little context. It is, I'm recording this the last week in April, which, holy moly, it's flying by, but the end of March, I went to an in-person mastermind that was hosted by a friend of mine, and I'm going to get more into that in a bit. Um, and the event wasn't like anything else I'd been to ever. Uh, and there's a few reasons for that. So first of all, there was nothing for sale. There was no upsell to, you know, get into his master, a paid mastermind or anything like that. And I think those are great. So that was not a, a dig. Um, and second, no one was paying to be there outside of our own travel. So what this was, was uh, he had invited everyone that had been a guest on this podcast, and he brought them together because he wanted to create something he'd want to attend. He simply wanted to spend time with like-minded people. Novel idea, right? So the other piece of this was that the invite list for this event was kind of like a who's who of male internet marketers. I think the original guest list was between 40 to 50 people. And I believe there was only one other female on the list um, outside of myself. And the guest list was comprised of people who had been on his podcast. And the him in this scenario is my friend, Trey Llewellyn, and his podcast is called Commerce Kings, and that's commerce with a K. Uh, Trey and I met back in 2013 as part of a Facebook training mastermind. It was uh, it was run by a mutual friend at the time, and 
I mean, at the time he was a mutual friend, he's gone off and done other things. So um, haven't been in touch with him for a few years. But needless to say, Trey and I met through this event. And at the time, Trey was selling t-shirts through Teespring. And I did do a podcast interview with Trey years ago that you can listen to. It's linked in the show notes. Um, If you want more info, just keep in mind I, you know, I do his backstory, how he got started. And you guys, he was selling loose leaf teas at one point, like in person at college. Then he did a, a, a physical DVD he shipped out. What up, Trey? I did that too. Uh, you know, so his background's interesting. If you want to hear that story, it is linked in the show notes. I should probably have him on the show again. But um, keep in mind, his business looks really, really different today. So he is one of those people who has just infectious energy, which is probably why we get along so well, right? Like I'm <laughs> the glasses half full Pollyanna and Trey really is too. I, I think he looks for the opportunities. Trey had coined the phrase, everything's negotiable <laughs> on one of our mastermind events. Literally he'll, he'll negotiate the price of a, a, a meal on a menu just to see if he can do it. Um, gosh, there was one event where it <laughs> just came to me. We were in Maui, and he managed to get the restaurant to buy an entire table a round of shots. <laughs> I, I don't even remember how he did it, but it was pretty funny. So anyways, <clears throat> he's he's pushed me out of my comfort zone on more than one occasion. And every time he has, I'm grateful. So the event itself turned out to be more of an intimate gathering. And I'll tell you, it was at Treyas' this amazing new house. Kind of looks like a castle, to be honest with you. It is in, he lives right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And so, and he, he just pulls out all the stops. Literally, day one, he has a red carpet. They rolled out a red carpet coming down the stairs. He's got banners for the event outside the house. And they have a completely finished, How I guess it's, it's a three-story house, I guess. I don't know if you would call it the basement. It's all finished, but... They've got, you know, the movie room downstairs. There's another room I'm not sure what he's going to do with, but then he's got where we, a meeting room and they've got like a gym down there. So it's a big house. And so he hosted this all at his house. The truth is though, you guys, like I'm so not like, oh, name dropping. But I mean, it was like Russell Brunson and John Lee Dumas and Jay Abraham. Like it was a big list of kind of who's who, right? And these are all people that Trey has connected with, had on his podcast, knows personally. Um, and just to give you a little point of reference, again, you guys, this is not to impress you. It is to impress upon you. This will make sense. To date, he has the highest selling funnel on ClickFunnels to date. And I'm, it's they're not my numbers to share. If I have him on and he feels like sharing them, I will let him do that. Um, but the reason that I was grateful was that I hadn't seen Trey... I saw, I ran into him at Funnel Hacking Live last year, but we haven't had a chance to hang out just and talk and catch up or whatever in years in person. Um, and his brother, Bryslin, who is in the business with him. And so I was looking forward to just getting a little bit more, I don't know, not necessarily just one-on-one, but just get to chat with him, right? And if you've got an event of, you know, 40, 50 people, you're going to be split when you're the host. And then, like I said, it was a little bit intimidating, you know, just being honest that, while I am perfectly comfortable in a social setting, it, it's hard not to go to that where you've got people that are earning six plus figures a month thinking, what am I doing here? Um, you know, and, but that's that's kind of part of the magic of Trey is that, I don't know, 
you know, he sees opportunity in, in people and in things. And he doesn't just, you know, there's no judgment as to where you are or what you're doing. He just, this is who I like. This is who, um, you know, I want to connect with. This is who I want to talk to. And he does it. So it was such a great trip. The other fun part of this trip was that Jody Hirsch and I finally got to meet in person. And Jody is my business partner for the Content Creators Planner. And although we met online five-ish years ago, um, this was the first time we got to meet in person, which is so cool. And it was so funny because even the people at the event were like, what? Because we brought planners. Everybody, if we had something, we brought something for the other people that were attending. And they were like, this, you guys are, you guys just met? We're like, yeah, yesterday we just met in person and we're sharing a room. <laughs> so, but um, it was really great because we also got to spend, what we did is we planned our trip. The event was Thursday, Friday. We flew in Wednesday. Of course, anytime you leave the West Coast to go, excuse me, to middle of the country, the East Coast, it's an entire day of traveling, right? And I don't, I don't know about you guys. Personally, anytime I travel, it does not matter what time my flights are or whatever. For some reason, I have a hard time sleeping. It's like a little kid the night before Christmas. I think I fell asleep around 1230 and I had to get up at 230. <laughs> Seriously, you guys, to drive to San Francisco. It was just one of those crazy things. But uh, I prevailed. None of it slowed me down. Nothing little coffee couldn't cure, right? So it was really fun though. Is So the event was Thursday, Friday. We both flew out Wednesday we met at the airport, took Uber over to our hotel. And then we spent the Saturday after the event working together, which was great because, you know, everything we do is we hop on Zoom calls, email, we use Asana, you know, we've got all that going. And so it was nice just to sit down and talk through, you know, what we want to do, where we go. And here's something that happens to me, I would really be curious to know, and this is all off script. So just know that if you go to the show notes, this stuff isn't in there. But I have a tendency when I go to events, it's very easy to get caught up in excitement and momentum. And I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. Now, mind you, we didn't go squirrely uh, at Jody and I, I mean, with the planner, but we did start looking at, okay, what do we have that we can sell? And how can we do this? And how can we do that? And Fortunately, you can't deploy everything at once. We did, however, we invested in CartFlows. We are using WooCommerce to sell the planner. And so CartFlows gives you sort of the, not sort of, but it creates essentially like funnel pages that work with WooCommerce, right? So we thought, okay, we need to, we need to start running ads. We were both committed that once we launched this brand, that we were going to invest in paid traffic. We have a bunch of things we want to do with paid traffic, but we thought we just need to get an ad up. So what we did, Jody was a champ and is, took care of the, uh, the WooCommerce and the CartFlows piece of it because then I think it was Saturday night, maybe. I think the second night when we got to St. Louis, I had a weird sleep night again. Then I slept really, really good. So, but that by literally by Saturday, you guys at like five o'clock, I'm like, I just, I just need to close my eyes for a little bit, <laughs> which then I literally didn't sleep that Saturday night at all. Like it was crazy. Fortunately, I got to sleep the entire flight home. But so Jody had put that together and we thought, regardless, we're going to get this ad deployed and launched. Right. And Trey's like, don't let me down. You know, he has kind of that, just do it. Just pull the trigger, like go. and. 
I've talked to you guys before about the fact that I have a tendency to ready, fire, aim. But in this incident, we already had ad copy. We had we had run an ad during the Kickstarter, and the ad did pretty well. It only ran for a couple of days, so I don't know how much data we necessarily had. But it ran for a couple of days, and we turned it off because we were then pivoting the pre-sale to the site, right? However, we thought, let's just try this. And a friend, uh, what's up, Daniel? Uh, Daniel Danes Hutt had helped me with this. So it's a super long form, like really long form copy, you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. We send them to a landing page, which is built with cart flows. And then we have the checkout page. And on the checkout page, we have an upsell of the masterclass. The masterclass literally walks you through how to use the planner. And I go into more content strategy. But we offered that as a bonus to people who pre pre-ordered the planner. So we're like, okay, well, we can't give this away anywhere because that's kind of going against our word, right? Like we said, here's a bonus. We're going to reward you for taking action and trusting us and investing with us early. So obviously we're not going to give that away. So for what it's worth, uh, the ads, the ad has now been running. I think it took us probably a little, maybe a week after we got back to pull the trigger because we had both, I don't know about you guys, Facebook, I can't stand the ad platform, the, the UI element of it. Um, but we did get it deployed and stuff, but it had been a while. So um, the ad is working. It is still profitable. We're not making a ton. We're going to do some split testing. But the bottom line is it's working. And it's, I I wish I could have recorded myself. I was so excited the first time somebody bought the upsell of the masterclass. They bought two physical planners and then they purchased the upsell. It was like, oh my God, this shit works. <laughs> It was like, woohoo, like you would have thought like I hit a million dollar jackpot or something. And because you guys have sold courses and stuff, but I have been, um, I don't know that weary. It's just, I haven't gone to that next step and put the upsell or the follow-up sequence, meaning a downsell or an exit pop or any of that. But I'm like, we are doing this from day one, right? Because even though we've got you know, we we have profit margins that we're aware of that, okay, how much can we spend to acquire a lead? All that good stuff. You guys, nothing beats that when you're like, wow, I, we just made $125 instead of $78 because somebody bought a $47 upsell. It's, it's pretty magical. It is absolutely worth taking the time to test and try and implement, right? So now the trick is to get an ad that converts better, probably change up the landing page so it converts better. But right now we're letting it run because it's profitable. We're getting data. We're getting a custom audience. We've got everything pixeled. It's pretty exciting. Anyway, so it 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 was just it was such a great event. And I don't the other thing I realized about myself, I'm like, I think I like smaller events over like the big huge ones, you know. And I did not go to Funnel Hacking Live this year. I might go next year. We'll see. It depends on whether or not I deploy a funnel with ClickFunnels. Um, because I don't know that I, I like the personal connections and I get a little peopled out. Like I get um I don't just just worn out, right? I mean, Trey's event, I guess I was at his house. <coughs> Excuse me, I just took a little sip of green juice and it was a little tart. It was at his, his house, and so we hung out. And they had like a little bar, and they brought dinner in, and we socialized and stuff. But 
I just need a little (laughs) time to unplug in between being on for such a long day. Um, But some cool new opportunities have come out of the event, which I will share with you um, later in this episode. But more importantly, I had some big personal takeaways, which is really what this episode is all about and what I wanted to share with you guys. So I know this is very, I don't know if trite is the right word, but this is a phrase we have all heard. I don't know how many times you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. We all know that saying, right? We've heard it multiple times. And yet until you experience it firsthand, it almost feels mean, if you know, and meaning in a way you have to judge people in your life and start making decisions of their worthiness, for lack of a better word. And I do. I do believe you guys, we are all worthy of love and belonging. That's a Brene Brown thing. I truly believe that. However, not everybody has to be in your life forever, right? So yes and no with this, right? So like I've shared with you guys in a handful of different episodes that there have been a few friendships I've had that have ended, which sounds really dramatic. It was more of a moving on and it kind of faded out for lack of a better explanation. Um. But in the last six months, I also had the experience of a friendship of 20 plus years in my offline world kind of just fade away. And I'm not going to go into a bunch of storytelling or whatever. It it was weird. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. And like I said, I'm not going to bore you with details, but here's the kicker with realizing this. Okay. And I'm, I'm specifically in my head thinking of four specific relationships. And I talked to these people frequently. Without those relationships in my life, I've been more productive, I've accomplished more, I've grown my business more in a year and a half than I had in the previous few five plus years. I'm not kidding you. Why? It's simple, actually. These people were sort of my go-to people to complain about things with. It's safe to say they were all dissatisfied with the conditions of their lives, and I'm not saying that again as a judgment, but I heard them talk about the conditions of their lives. And I was right there with them. The crazy thing. And and I'm not a big complainer, so I will say that. But for some reason, I kept, it was a way of playing small. Do you know what I mean? You know, you just have, there are some people you can go to when you need your heart heard. And that's H-E-A-R-D, not hurt. When you need someone to listen and hold that safe place for you, right? You know who those go-to people are. You also know who you can go to when you want someone to validate something you're complaining about, right? Like psychologically, I just think this is innateness. We know it's kind of like when you're a little kid and this is perfect. My parents were so on the same page. Like if one said no, the other would say no. However, you knew, well, this one will probably say yes to this, and this one will probably say yes to this. So you, you as a kid, you think, okay, well, if I want this, or I want to go here, or I want to do this, I'm going to ask dad, I'm going to ask mom, like you play with it. Because once the other one said no, the other one was going to back the other's decision, right? So you kind of do that, I think, with friendships. There are some people that are just fun to be with. And you know, there are, you know, And once in a while, we find those lucky few. Um, One of my, just probably my best friend, Allison, is like that. Like, we have fun together. We can be stupid. She, I trust her with my heart completely. 
I enjoy in-depth talking with her. We just, we have similar sense of humor, like all that stuff, right? And so we know who to go to. So these are the people though, that I turned to when I was down or felt stuck because I knew that, how do I want to say this? (laughs) Bear with me, you guys, but I knew that I was still like a step further along in the journey than they were from a business perspective and that I was, I'm, I'm, I am a doer, right? And some of these people weren't. So sometimes I question like, did you keep those friendships around because it made you feel better about yourself? I don't know, you guys, but it's kind of asinine. Like what the bucket? It's kind of like asking a vegan where to get a really good filet, right? Like it, they just, they don't click. Or when you think about it, why do we as entrepreneurs, business owners, however you want to define yourself, it's it's strange that we talk to people who don't do what we do, who haven't been where we're going for advice or input. And I've in a way I've learned that I just sort of update people that things are going well. I don't get into deep discussions with people in my offline life, for lack of a better word, in my real life, right? I don't get into cuz they don't necessarily understand what I do. And which is okay. Sometimes it sucks because it's there's too much to bring them up to speed. But they, but the people that truly love me stick, stick along and, and that's not the right word, but they do their best to comprehend because they care about me, if that makes sense. So it's, it simply didn't make sense. But without these people in my life, these specific four friendships, all of a sudden I had space. I had time and energy to produce, excuse me, to get the work done as opposed to justifying spending time on Skype with people who had never pulled the trigger and done anything I was trying to do. Seriously, when I look back and I I think probably the hardest thing to swallow with this is that it is a huge betrayal of self that I listened to people who hadn't done what I was doing or how I was doing it and tell me what I should shouldn't be doing. It's 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 really it's, it's just a betrayal of self, I think, at the end of the day. And it's a way of, of it's, a, it's a form of procrastination in a way. I don't remember I was talking to you recently about this, but we were talking about um, crowdsourcing opinions. <laughs> and it's, it's a total distraction. It's like at the end of the day, you know, when you see people posting, what do you think about this logo? Or what do you think about that logo? Now, I will, as a little caveat here, say that, that is a great engagement and conversation starter, but know what you're going to do regardless of the opinions, right? If you know what you want, it's okay to say, hey, which logo do you guys like? Or like I've done that with podcast cover art, like which pod, which cover art do you guys like? All of that. So from that perspective, you know, creating engagement and discussion is different than not doing the work until enough people have given you their opinion, right? And so a lot of people crowdsource opinions and it's a it's simply a distraction or a way to put off actually doing the work. <laughs> one other little thing I will say that did not come out very coherently. One other little thing I will say is I did ask on Facebook. So last week, I said, where are my readers at? I need some good novels. This is what I like. You guys, I have a book recommendation list for days. That's the type of stuff that's worth crowdsourcing or a restaurant to eat or a place you're traveling. What should I go see? That stuff's worth it. You know, but I really take heed when it comes to crowdsourcing opinions on stuff. 
So it's, I don't know, it's, it's one of those questions I've asked myself, like, why do we do that? Why do we ask people that are close to us for advice on things they have no business giving advice on, right? Anyways, that's a total sideways rant. Let's get back to the average of the five people you spend the most time with. For the sake of, well, for the sake of life, let's just say, we're going to go ahead and pull family off the table. I'm very fortunate that my family is awesome and I love them all dearly, which mind you doesn't mean a little space isn't good at times. Um, but let's, for, for the sake of this five people we spend the most time with, let's just put family aside, right? Think about the people you spend the most in time, the most time engaging with and ask yourself how you feel afterward. For the most part, I'm really protective of the people I spend time with, whether that's in person or talking to online. Like I said before, I've always been a glasses half full kind of person and it sucks the life out of me when people look for the negative or spend the majority of their time bitching and complaining. Like I remember one of the friendships I'm thinking of that I was referencing earlier would get, you know, really annoying bitchy emails from clients every now and then and then would forward it to me. Well, this is great. This is what I needed to start my day with. And I'm like, well, I didn't need to start my day either. Like, do you, do you get the irony here of what you're doing? Um, but really, <laughs> you you have to be, be careful about who you spend time with, right? I also can't be around people that are wound really tight because it exhausts me. You know, they micromanage everything. They interrupt. You feel like their mind is elsewhere when you're with them. Like, you just kind of want to go, am I boring you? Because you can tell by their eyes and just by the way they're, I mean, this is if you're in person, but that they're just like, get to the point because I've either got something else to say or do or whatever. That's a crappy feeling, but it's so vitally important that you consciously choose the people that you allow in your life. So my big takeaway and a little bit of advice, which I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, thank God I record these before hitting publish. I have to, right? Because I have a typo as I'm reading this. Um, But it wasn't until I got home and I was rested that it hit me like a ton of bricks, what my big takeaway was from this event at Trey's house. And that is that I missed spending time with people who are playing at a higher level. I'm not referring to a certain level of income or business growth. Although I will say those things pretty much go hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive, but I do think one feeds the other. Um, But people who are truly living their lives to the fullest, they stay focused on goals they've created. They test things, they take risks, they push themselves out of their comfort zones. And most importantly, they only want the best for everyone else. Because when you, I I have found this to be so true. This is another, you know, uh, (laughs) off script here, but Man, when people are successful and happy in their own lives, they rarely spend time judging how other people are living. It's when there's a level of dissatisfaction in your own life that we start judging things. And I I can't tell you how many times I've seen the example of people commenting about posing with Lamborghinis and Ferraris and blah, 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 right? And it's... <laughs> I. I don't care what car you drive or what you want to drive to each his own. But the thing is, first of all, I don't know that there's a lot of that going on anymore. There was a a time it was very prevalent in the internet marketing space. But seriously, who cares? Like if you love what you're doing, you're happy with your life. 
you like the car you're driving, it's paid for, it's 20 years old, who cares? And that's a real testament to me that you can tell when someone is dissatisfied with their life because they pick at other people. And I know these are not hard, fast, 100% all the time, generalization rules, right? But you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's simply that people who are living life to their fullest on their own terms and are happy with what they're doing and who they're doing it with, it's just not even on their radar to be judgmental of other people. Not that we don't have opinions, right? But it was so refreshing to be around people who are solution finders. They see the possibility of everything. So, you know, I'm not going to get into um, <laughs> like a whole litany of the guests. Sorry, I got to get this juice down before it gets too warm. Otherwise, it's gross. But one of the guests at the event was Dan Caldwell. And some of you may know him. Some of you won't. He he was the founder of the brand Tap Out, which was and is a big brand in wrestling and MMA fighting. Mind you, I didn't know Dan, but I knew Tap Out just from the logo, just from seeing people wear t-shirts, right? Dan sold Tap Out a while back. He has another company today as well as some investments, but he was there because he's looking at opportunities to get more into the online space. Now, (laughs) this is a total side story. It's hilarious. So I've shared with you guys. So on day one, Jody and I got there and like I said, Trey's house is gorgeous and there was coffee and um, stuff for breakfast upstairs. So we're in there getting coffee and I guess Dan came in when we were making a coffee and Trey said, oh, and that's Kim and Jody and <laughs> whatever. Like we didn't even hear the conversation. So then we take our first break. He comes up and he goes, you know, you guys, I, I have to apologize to you. And we're like, why? <laughs> and he said, I totally thought you were the caterer. <laughs> Which maybe it's not as funny to you guys, but was funny on many reasons. One, because we weren't, right? We're not the caterers. But two, it was just like, he didn't have to share. It's okay. Like, you didn't, did you tell somebody you thought we were the caterers? It was really sweet. It was just, (laughs) we fell in love with him instantly. But um, because then he shared it when he did his introduction again, he goes, you know, I just have to apologize it was like he was like having confession. Like, I have to apologize to Kim and Jody because I thought they were the caterers. <laughs> Anyways, it was funny. Maybe you had to be there. Anyways, here's the cool thing. So Tap Out was founded pre-internet, right? And <laughs> the other thing with Dan is fun is he was really happy to see those of us who were close in age, which was not just Jody and I and Dan, uh, another uh, guy, Rob Cosberg, was there. He's got a publishing company. And so, um, you know, I think Trey's it is early 30s still, but it was it was funny. He was really he said he was he was happy that it wasn't just a bunch of young people. And of course, you know, when you're the old person in the room, which is so weird for me because in all my, you know, working for corporate companies, I was the young person. Now it's like you're not. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but here's the crazy thing. So Dan and his partners literally printed the t-shirts, they drove to events, they set up tables. The whole nine yards, you guys, like this was like the real hustle. And this this is where when you hear people complaining about how hard it is to make money on the internet, it's not. It's just hard work. There's a really big difference, but it's not hard work, you know, like they they did crazy stuff. He told some stories about getting in front of the owners of um was it 
it was an event. Maybe it was just the MMA. I don't know. But anyways, getting in front of them and yeah, yeah, we can be in Vegas in four hours, like that type of stuff, packing up a van and running down there. And, and they would, they would, to get their name on the mats at the events, they would give product because they didn't have money to give for advertising. So it's like, here's $3,000 worth of t-shirts. You guys sell them at the event and you keep the profits, that type of thing. So um, it, it was, it was really great. But here's, here's what I love about Dan is that, you know, even though um, he's had this, this massive success, he's accomplished something major. I believe he sold tap out for hundred million. He showed up completely open and ready to learn from everyone in the room. He doesn't consider himself an internet marketer. He does have a company. And for the life of me, I apologize. Now I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's where they teach people how to make money selling t-shirts. Right. I mean, he's definitely <laughs> got that behind him, but he, he was so honest and he was kind and humble and, and sweet. And it was just, it was really powerful because everyone who, who was there showed up with the same level of commitment to what was happening in the room and to honor that space. Um, but it was really neat. And the cool thing that on the presentation day, and I'm going to explain how the two days went in a second, but on the presentation day, Dan was like, you know, I was thinking about this over on the plane over and I was trying to decide, you know, what I would talk about and stuff. And, and he literally pulled six bullets out of how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, which if you've not read it, you need to, it is truly a classic. He said he's read that book like 55 times, listens to it, all of that. Um, but he, he went through and he gave that cause he said, this has stood the test of time. This is how I grew my business. It's relationship marketing. So it was really great. Um, and I just, I, I, I just really enjoyed his company. It was fun. I enjoyed everybody's company. It was a great group of people. Um, but the cool thing is that the structure of the event was that there wasn't really much structure. We all had something to present and share, which I'm going to tell you how I pivoted what I was going to do a few hours before presenting to something else. Um, but the first day turned into something I have never experienced. And that is that the intention was that we would go around the room and introduce ourselves, tell a little bit about our stories, and then go into marketing in the afternoon. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> Instead, we spent the entire first day sharing and hearing stories, which was so powerful. So like I've mentioned before, I've known Trey for a long time. And after the mastermind we're in kind of fizzled out or whatever, um, you know, Trey had been scaling his e-commerce. That's really his, his space. And, you know, he, so what he's, I'll give you a sort of a little, uh, quickie is that he coaches with e-commerce cause he's done so well with it. And then he has a separate business. I believe they're out of the space completely that they were in that he did this huge funnel for. They've sold the list, the whole nine yards, uh, but they do lead generation for different verticals and Another story, like I said, I think I need to have him back on the show. But so Trey and his brother, though, Bryceland, shared some stories that blew me away, you guys. Excuse me. I had no idea what they had been through. And like I said, I'll see if he's up for sharing some of that on a podcast interview. But it's enough that I, I think I would have walked away, honestly, from <laughs> the internet. But he didn't. And I was in awe that they came out on the other side, still enthusiastic and driven to do what they do. I mean, he's one of those people. And 
I would bet that many of you know somebody like a Trey who from the outside looks like everything they touch turns to gold. There are no, well, and mistakes I use roughly because I do think that there are no mistakes, right? That's how we learn. We make choices. They don't necessarily pan out the way we want. Hindsight's always 20-20. If we could go back and do it differently, we would. But from the outside, it literally looks like he could do no wrong. And that is so not the case, which is part of why I pivoted my presentation. I felt so strongly that those stories needed to be told. So I'm going to get more into the the pivot here in a minute. Um, but that was that was day one. And we got through everyone's stories. And it was funny because the stories got deeper and longer <laughs> as we went around the room. And it was like, well, wait, I have more to share. But I don't, I, the truth is, it wasn't even like that. You were just so engrossed in this connection and this, this human element that you know, one person opening the door to say, this is really, really hard. Or uh, another guy who's going to be on the show, Sean Lynham, they've got this great probiotic and it's actually making a huge difference for, for uh, autistic kids. And like got teary talking about some of the testimonials and some of the things that parents are emailing them with and stuff. And so when you see people letting the guard down and saying, yeah, I've got this you know, phenomenal business, but it's been hard. There was one guy, again, not my story to share, but I was like, I swear you guys, if, if he told one more and he teared up, I was like, if somebody does not, if he, if this story doesn't get better, I'm getting up and walking over to give this guy a hug. (laughs) Mind you, they've got a $25 million a year solar company. It's, it's doing great. But (laughs) I was, it was like killing me to hear these stories. Um, But that was day one. And I was like, wow, that was phenomenal to to have people open up to share those stories and not to be trite here, but everything really is content, you guys. This is the stuff that connects people, right? It's the stories that create the connection. Learning how to tell a story and then craft it somewhere else is a process. So if you can start with what's a story that that left an impact on me? let go of the expectation of what telling that story is going to do. Let it go because there are so many intangibles that happen from this piece. But if you can say this is something that happened to me that I not only got through, but I triumphed, I'm on the other side of it. However that looks for you, that is where people are going to feel connected to you, right? So that was day one. Um, and then they brought dinner in that evening. Like I said, they had a few drinks and we just continued connecting. And after dinner, of course, uh, Bryce <laughs> brought out his flamethrower. Literally, you guys, he had a can of gasoline. You pour it in this thing and it shoots flames like seven, eight, ten 10 feet. I have no idea. I stayed far away from it. Um, <laughs> I only have one thing to say about that, though, is boys, they're toys. I am telling you, <laughs> like all the guys were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Johnny, you like. Meh. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's a flamethrower. It was just funny. Um, so let, let's move on to my pivot and new service offering because this is why you go to this stuff, guys, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to come out of this. I had a great conversation, gosh, was it just last week, with uh, Liz Nelson Weaver. What up, Liz? You're going to be hearing a lot more about her. She's got some cool stuff coming. 
but we were talking and, you know, she's got a successful business. She's earning a good income. She's ready to take it to the next level for lack of a better term that is also overused. And I said, join a mastermind. You need to, you know, connect there. Like mentors are great. Like hiring a one-on-one coach or a mentor is also great. The beauty of a mastermind is you get the collective energy and power of that group. And she, we started talking. She's like, what is this? I'm like, you need to find people that you want to be around, people who are playing at a higher level, playing at a higher game. And so I posted a question in Content Creators, my Facebook group, um, and got some feedback from people. I don't know if I posted the or if I phrased the question correctly, but it's it's so powerful, you guys, to be a part of something like that. So this was my point is having gone to this. And I'll tell you, initially, when I saw the guest list for this event, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to do this. And mind you, Trey did personal video recorded imitations like, Kim Doyle, what's up? Like, sent me a video, right? And... I was like, I have to go. I just knew you guys. And part of it, I'm going to be super transparent with you here. It's like, I've said it before. I'm working on my weight and not happy, happier because I'm making strides. But the bottom line is, it's like, Kim, you cannot not show up in life because of this. You care. Other people don't. It's your energy. It's who you are. It's how you move through the world, right? You guys, I'm not saying I feel like I look like a troll, but I'm just unhappy with my weight. But I refuse. This was a big thing for me to say, I'm going anyway. So here's how I pivoted the presentation. After watching the presentations on day two, I ended up being last and a couple guys had to go for, they had to catch an early flight for a wedding. Um, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to use the slide deck I created on content marketing, which was pretty much walking through the process of the planner. And like I mentioned that we did bring planners for everyone. Um, because I had done this at uh, Troy Dean's event in February. I thought for them, what I did, it was, Troy has a, a formula that he follows. It's bear with me, problem, promise, proof. Okay. So that's how I, that's how I did it. And then what I did is I brought in examples the majority of the people at his event were, um, they had web agencies, they were web developers, designers. So I created a content strategy for a particular vertical in that market. And I walked through doing that. And then I told stories too, right? But this is a different and completely mixed group. And these guys had successful, Troy's crew had successful businesses too. I don't mean that, but they were in one specific niche. So I thought, okay, what's going to be a value here? What's going to be a value here? So I went back. And, and I, I told Jody too, because I had done, um, I, I mirrored the slide deck that I had done for Troy's and I thought, okay, well, I'll just p- tweak this a little bit and I'll do it at Troy's. And I said, you know what? I said, I think I'm going to pivot this. I, I want to talk about the storytelling piece and the power of content marketing. Um, and then I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull Trey's stories into a content strategy for him. So instead of doing sort of like a generic business within the content planner, content creators planner, we have, um, there's, we have a content strategy map, but then we have prior to that, it's a monthly content campaigns. And there's four elements to this piece. The first piece, and I have one right here, just so I don't botch it up, but you think that I would know this stuff, uh, completely by heart, right? Which I kind of do, but for the sake of not messing this up. So the monthly campaign, you select the month, 
The first month is what are your goals for the month? And these should be business goals. I want to, I want to add 500 new subscribers. I want to sell 30 of this, whatever it is, right? We want to sign two new clients, whatever that looks like. So that's box number one. Second box is what content topics. So what are con what is content I can create that supports those business goals? The third box is calls to action. The calls to action are not necessarily an offer, okay? But a call to action can be to opt in, opt into an email list, to watch a webinar, to download something else, whatever that is. So you want to make sure you've got a call to action within those pieces of content. So do you see how this all starts fitting together? And then the last piece is the offer, the end goal. What is it you're going to sell? (laughs) What are you putting in front of someone based on your goals, your content, the call to action, and the next step would be an offer. And this doesn't have, this is, I'm not saying this all happens in one piece of content, right? So here's what I did is that I thought, you know what? I am going to do the monthly campaign piece just for Trey based on the stories we heard yesterday. And again, I can't share headlines or details with you, but so <laughs> I I pulled up a webinar and I told you guys, I, I told everybody, I said, you guys, here's the deal. I had a presentation for you, but I think it's going to be more valuable if I pull up this other one. And it's, it's a webinar I'd use. It's called um, seven ways to create, promote and profit with your content. And it was selling a membership and which I'm not selling right now, but I pulled in the pieces to show them it was just specifically one section, right? That there's some content that maybe it's just a share. Some of it's a a training and some of it is just a documentation. So I gave different examples and they were powerful stories behind those pieces of content. And so I shared this with them, got a little choked up truthfully telling a couple stories. And then with Trey's stuff, I went in and I said, I'm going to use you as an example, Trey. I said, with what you're doing now, knowing where your business is heading, you know, like they're the lead generation stuff they do for specific verticals. That is nothing. I mean, they market to that vertical, so it's not to the marketers, right? But where he does, he's got this whole reactive funnels, reactive startup piece where it's take helping people within e-commerce and, and he's got tons of training and coaching and all of that. To me, if I were somebody who was in that space, whether I was just getting started or had something working. If I knew a little bit of the shit show that Trey had been through, I would trust him 10 times more because the truth is you question, right? I I think the human brain, and I don't know what the specific psychological term or terminology would be for this, but it's, it's that whole, you know, if it looks too good, it probably is. And, And I, and I'm not a doubter, but I think that if Trey could share some of the challenges and the struggles or the big risks he, he took, right? Here's an example. And I don't, I don't, I think he'd be all right with this. Um, is once he kind of got in, it, it's such a long story, but anyways, would you spend $10,000? Would you pay someone $10,000 to email their list for you? If it was a targeted list, they had data to prove that the list converts, all of that. Would you take that risk? He did. And he literally said to the guy, what if this doesn't work? And the guy said, what if it does? Well, guess what? It did. (laughs) And that was a partial email send. And you guys, this was not in the internet marketing space. So before you think anything like that. And the next question he literally said was, well, what's next? He said, we do a full send. He's like, okay, how much does that cost? The guy said $80,000. 
<laughs> and he, he told the story so good. He, what if it doesn't work? But what if it does? <laughs> right? Well, it worked. But would you have the wherewithal to pick up the phone and call American Express and say, hey, can we charge $80,000 this month? Yes, you can, right? And you guys, this is not about, it could be it could be $10 for you. This is not about the dollar value. It has, it's, it's a risk ratio relationship, right? So whatever is that uh, pushing you out of your comfort zone, right? Where Trey started scaling, he was spending 10 bucks a day in the ad, on ads and someone was like, oh, big spender, somebody he knew, making fun of him. And he said, why don't you try $100 a day? And that's where things took off. You have to do what's what works for you. But I don't think in life, in business, you know, the vulnerability, I just got done watching. If you haven't, it's called The Call to Courage by Brene Brown on Netflix. She's got a special. But, you know, courage is directly connected to vulnerability. So whatever is calling on you to be courageous about taking a risk or trying something new, you guys, I know I'm kind of jumping off script 12 ways sideways here. I had a conversation earlier uh, with my friend, a vendor. What up, D? And uh, we were we hopped on a quick Zoom call to talk about a few things, and we were talking about seeing we're in a lot of the same groups and um, have a lot of mutual friends from the WordPress space. And you know, I was saying, you know, you see people frustrated because things aren't selling the way they should, would, or or whatever, and. It was so apparent to me and, you know, we, he and I were in agreement and this is why, partially why we're running ads for the content planner. And I'm going to start running ads for kimdoyle.com too, excuse me. But when it, it's, I apologize for the word. It's the only thing I can think of, but it almost becomes incestuous, right? You've got a great group of people who have all the stuff in common in this case, WordPress, they support each other, they like each other, they're champions for each other. But your audience only wants to hear about the same circle of people so often. It is so important to, and I got this directly from uh, Dana Malstaff at Troy's event, is to tell that you can tell the same stories to new people over and over again. It's not necessarily about telling new stories to, to the same people, right? So you have to think about that. But if, if you are willing, you have to find that place to take a risk and step outside of your comfort zone. It's very easy to keep asking your friends to promote for you. But maybe say, you know what, I've got 50 bucks this month, I'm going to try ads. Or you know what, I'm going to start a podcast because I'm going to invite people on outside of my circle that are going to create relationships that are going to open doors for me, right? And there's no guarantee. So there's that risk. There's a time and energy risk there. But the bottom line is, <laughs> you have to be willing to try and step outside of your comfort zone, which is what going to this event was for me, right? So I do this thing for Trey, and I said, "Look, if 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 I were doing this for you, I would." And I gave I had had some headlines already. I would tell a story. I would start testing ads to that piece of content because it was value driven, and <laughs> literally. He loved the whole thing. And he goes, that's great. But you know what? I just want you to do that for me. I want to write you a check every month and I want you to do that for me. Hence the new service offering. Because then what happens? 
someone else gets up and said, can I whiteboard for a minute? This is what I want you to do, Kim. I want you to say, okay, make four videos and then you're going to do this, 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 and this for this, right? So fast forward to today and Jody was with me at the event and doesn't want to do content marketing services, even though it, it was it was a little bit tricky because while we brought the planner and it was the first time we got to connect, the invite was because of my relationship with Trey and having been on the podcast. So, you know, navigating this has been interesting, but um, I'm still so excited and proud of everything we're doing at the planner. But um, <laughs> here I am getting back into service work, something I swore I'd never do. Here's why I'm doing it. First of all, there's that magical thing called recurring revenue <laughs> that relieves a ton of stress from life as an entrepreneur, right? Second, this is completely different. When I was doing websites and had an outsourcing company, I always felt like an imposter because I wasn't a developer. And the truth is, I never wanted to learn. I debated for maybe 10 seconds, should I learn PHP? And I was like, no, no, it's not how my brain works. Um, and I'm so grateful that there are people out there whose brain works that way, right? But there was something in me that always felt like one of these things just doesn't belong here, right? That Sesame Street song. And for those of you outside of the US, it's a kid's show and they sing it. One of these things just doesn't belong here. I always felt that way. So I never marketed websites or the outsourcing, which I know, I know, crazy, right? Um, it was strictly referral-based or came directly through the website. And this is even though I took the portfolio off of the WordPress chick for the last four or five years I ran that site. But the bottom line is I was always producing content about WordPress. And then even probably the last couple of years, the podcast was whoever I felt like talking to. They were not just people in the WordPress space because WordPress is simply a tool. And so it was more about profiting with WordPress for me, right? But the bottom line is, in the case of content marketing, I do it all. I do content marketing regularly and I friggin' love it. It is what has created my business for me. I've I've shared with you guys that the podcast is one of the best things I ever did. It blew up my business. And I know, for the love of God, I know it's been off track with a regular schedule. It is what it is right now. There's, <laughs> It's coming back. I am doing everything I can. It's a little tricky managing stuff. No excuses. It just needs to be done. The other differentiator in working with people who are very successful with what they do is that they don't want to micromanage what you do. They hire you because you're the expert and they just trust you to do your job, right? So the first contract that we're getting going, um, and I talked with Trey and his business partner, they were like, oh, we're about 30 days out, blah, blah. They spent a lot of money on ads. So Trey's like, I just want you to do it. <laughs> so I, I see that coming. But really, we were talking and he said, I'm not, I'm not, the truth is, he said, Kim, I'm not going to review it. Just, and I said, okay, how's this? We'll just send you a, uh, an email once a week. This is what's been done. This is where we're at. Which, great, great, great. They'll see results. We're going to make it happen. I'm not worried about it. And the, the other truth of this whole idea thing um, is that I don't know if we're going to put this offer out there. And when I say we, it's because I my daughter will be working with me in terms of repurposing, creating micro content, editing, all that kind of stuff. She's worked with me for a few years. She's a film student. Great. Hands that easy peasy. I've already got somebody I want to work with for project management. And it, it's like, it's all coming together and having been through, I'm fighting you guys not wanting to call this an agency, but um, having been through all this with the websites and then doing a done for you podcast service, I really think it, it's going to be so much easier to set up processes and systems. Um, and the, the thing is though, we, 
I don't, I don't know if I'll ever put the offer like out there. I think I might have it on the site, but because we have some opportunities with um, one of the clients, it's it's a natural add-on to what he's doing. It's not something they do. He literally said, Kim, it's how big you want to take this. I can send you referrals. We've already got the price point. Um, and because it's a higher monthly retainer, I have a, I have different expectations of the type of clients. And so we'll see. Right now, it's all about getting processes and systems in place and results for the people we're working with. And, and truly, that's enough for right now. Um, because at the end of the day, I still have content I want to publish. I love publishing. I've got the Facebook group I want to grow. I mean, there's there's a lot going on here, but it's crystal clear. I cannot do it alone, right? Um, so to wrap this all up, where are we at? I'm just double checking on time. Okay. Wow. You never know what the way I chat. So to wrap this all up, without a doubt, I can state that without the relationships I have in my business, I would not be where I am today. Obviously, who I am and how we move through the world is part of why these relationships have grown. It, you know, these, these are mutual relationships. Um, I've also taken a lot of risks at different times in my business, which is what has allowed me to connect with people who are playing at a different level, you know, stepping in. And when I joined that Facebook mastermind that became an, um, a different mastermind, um, that was another friend, you guys, that I had built a relationship with and we had become friends. And he said, you could just come in and join it. And then when I could pay for it, I did. Um, and But I wasn't running paid ads. I hadn't spent a penny on paid traffic. And I was scared, but I'm like, I'm in this group. I need to do it. And I, I will tell you, this was in the heyday of Facebook ads where I literally spent $80 <laughs> And ended up netting $10,000 in coaching clients. It was a great return. But, right, why didn't Kim scale that? Because I still wasn't clear on my offer, you guys. And I swear it's clarity through the doing. Like, I did not know two years ago that I'd be sitting here having gone 150% all in with content marketing. I don't know why I picked 150, but I've gone all in. This is it. I've got a new homepage coming out on the site that's clear. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is how you can work with me. This is what you can buy. Truly, it, it's that direct. But it's it's so very important to put yourself out there and connect with people who make you want to be the best version of yourself. And Trey is one of those people for me. I appreciate his friendship more than words can express. Um, but it also, this is where you step back and you say, Am I investing in myself, both in time and money? But this is where it starts to pay off, right? And you don't know what relationships are going to foster something else. And I'm not saying that's why you do it, but invest the time in relationships. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with, because I will probably be doing a review of this book and would love to have him back on as I'm reading slash listening. Yep. Amazon got me again. I think that I get the Kindle. I think I, no, I think I just started with the Audible. So I have the Audible and the hardback now. But it's called Over Deliver by Brian Kurtz. And it's K-U-R-T-Z. Brian has also been on the podcast, um, like I said earlier. And he has been in direct response marketing for a long time, 30 years, I think. I hope I'm not misquoting and making him older than he is. But back in the day of of sending direct mail pieces, like, like, offers and packages in envelopes, like via the mail, right? And they bought out, um, he, I don't know if it's his business, but they bought the rights to 
published Eugene Schwartz books, um, Breakthrough Advertising, right? These are all classics when it comes to direct direct marketing, excuse me, ad copy, all of that. But the over-deliver, it so tied me into, and Brian has a phrase that I'm totally going to botch, but it's it was about, it's not referral marketing, it's relationship marketing. That's That's totally not the quote, and I promise I will be prepared if I have him back on the show, or at least when I do the book review. But it's all about relationships at the end of the day it is and that's sort of that how to win friends and influence people same thing you guys it's be willing if there's somebody that you want to get on their radar or get in their space how can you do it uniquely and that doesn't mean just sending them stuff in the mail get on their list respond to emails comment on videos you know lastly <laughs> we'll see if this is lastly the way I talk but a perfect example of this is when I get pitched for podcast guests. And um, Defender and I were talking about this today too, because he said, you know, how do you handle this when you get these? And I used to be like, oh, okay, great. Like when I'd get pitched a guest. Um, but the truth is, at this point, I have no problem. I, well, I never had a problem reaching out to people to get them on the show, but I can find my own guests. I know the direction my business is going. And so this isn't this... Um, I, I think pitching podcast guests has always been this sort of like PR blitz and it's like, Oh, it's a win, 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 you know, or win, 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 I guess where the host gets a new guest and you get the visibility. Well, at this point, again, I don't need the guest. And two, what are you doing for me? And that sounds really self-serving. My, my attitude with podcasts is that if I ask you to be on the show, I have zero expectations. I truly hope you're going to promote it. You're going to share it. You're going to let your audience know that you were on my show, right? All that is, is it's a, hey, look at me, right? In a way. But if you come to me asking to be on my show, it's, first of all, have you listened to the show? Have you left me a review? Have you commented on a podcast post? And we don't have to be best friends, but if you want me to use my platform that I've spent years building and, and created a relationship with, there has to now be a return for me at this point. I cannot tell you how many times I've had someone on the show and they don't promote it. It makes me crazy. And I'm sure I've dropped the ball, you guys. Maybe this is a karma. I really try to make sure to email, to share it, to comment can't tell you times I've had a guest on the show and they don't even comment on the podcast post. So think about that when it comes to relationships and how can you over deliver, be the giver. It always pays off in the end, do it in a way that works for you and fits your lifestyle and your schedule. But I guarantee you the relationships are going to pay off. So that's all I got for you guys today. And again, if you've not picked up your copy of the content creators planner, it's shipping. We have them. I've got it. I will be doing all the shipping in May. Um, Jody and I are rotating until we land on a fulfillment center. But I, I, I don't know that I've been very clear too. I know a lot of you guys listening have already gotten your planners. So thank you so much. But it, you guys, the planner is not just a calendar. It's like I met, I shared with you the monthly campaign. Then we have a content strategy map. There are statistics pages. This is a tool for planning and mapping your content strategy all the tools you use online are to go ahead and help you schedule it. This is the one thing plus pen and paper, guys. There's something about the way the mind works there. So get your content creators planner at contentcreatorsplanner.com. As always, thanks you guys so much for listening. I love you tons. Have a fantastic day. If you've not left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts, hopefully I'm there. <laughs> Spotify. I probably should check stuff. Anyways, I will catch you guys next time. 